AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day Savings happening now at The Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush, the Monday mini edition with Noel Brown and Charles W. Chuck Bryant, your co-hosts for the week. It is we. For all time. Yeah, for the, the week, the week for all time. How are you doing, Noel? I'm pretty good, man. Um, I, we were just talking off air a little bit about how I upgraded my, my recording studio, and I've, I've actually got uh, a, a drum kit in here, and, you know, I, I've, I've been recording my own bands for, for many years. And uh, I always ended up to make the final record going to a studio because I could just never get things like the drum sound to really slap the way, you know, records that I listened to did. And so I would go to like the studio in Athens called Chase Park Transductions where I worked with this guy, David Barbie, who I think you know. Yeah, uh, who's sure. in the band Sugar and he produces all the totally. Drive by Truckers records. So I learned so much from him just working in that studio. But I just got... Uh, thanks to a dear friend, Stephen Bannister, uh, at a place called uh, Westlake Pro Audio in L.A., I got the most amazing deal on a uh, Universal Audio Apollo, which is like the industry standard audio interface. It's got eight mic inputs, so I've got my drums mic'd up. And I swear, Chuck, I, I have achieved that slapping drum sound that I have only thus far dreamed of or felt like I had to go into a studio and pay lots of money to achieve. So I love feeling it. pretty stoked. That's great, Noel. You a good drummer? 
I'm not bad. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'm competent. Yeah, I can play with a click very well. I'm not like acrobatic, but I like can do a good backbeat and. Uh, yeah, and then I also like you know I like to make loops of myself and go in and kind of adjust, time adjust things or make little you know uh, stutters and things in my edits. But yeah, I enjoy playing drums very much and have for I've had a drum kit since I was like, oh I guess probably like twelve or thirteen years old. Yeah, I love it. No, I like to play. How drums about you, too. Chuck? Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It is. I'm not good very cardio. good cardio, uh, but I'm 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 better than someone who's never picked up drumsticks. But um, I'm not very good. But I I can do a basic little beat and you know. I can hold the fort down for a minute. How you liking that new uh, that new Gibson guitar you got? Well, I took it in to get a pickup installed, so I haven't had it. I wanted to go mm-hmm. ahead and just get it fully squared away. So, uh, getting a pickup installed and a strap button on the neck, uh, on the base of the neck instead mm-hmm. of uh, you know the tradition is to tie it over at the headstock on one end with an acoustic yeah. guitar, but I'm not a fan of that. So no, it feels weird. It like feels like it gets in the way of your hand even, right? Like, yeah, I just, I don't like it. So mm-hmm. I am, uh, it is definitely altering the guitar, which some people say is heresy, but I don't think it's a big deal to my guitar. It's your guitar. You can do whatever you want, Chuck. Uh, it's funny, man. There was a, um, I was, uh, at the lake last weekend and I, uh, Emily went to bed super early because she had a rough day. And I was, I found myself at like 8.30 at night, hanging out alone, beautiful woodland setting, feeling good, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Had a couple of drinks, mm-hmm. some, some, some great things were mm-hmm. happening. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know these lake, these lake things. Chuck. And I, uh, I, I told, uh, I got on Facebook and got, uh, you know, Ethan Yavin, one of our listeners who's been badgering me about fish forever. I said, all right, Yavin, this is it. I'm, I'm ready to give Fish a fair audition. Where do I start? He kind of commented too late. Uh, a bunch of people said, here's what you should do. Um, I only wanted to hear from Ethan about this, so I never listened to Fish. But I did listen to The Dead, Noel, because I just, you know, I like a couple of the, you know, the two big albums that were yeah. are known as like good studio albums. Sure. Like Empire of the Sun is one that people always talk about as being a big psychedelic opus. Well, I know as far as just accessibility, American Made and, or no, American Beauty and, uh, that's right. uh what's the other one? I don't know. <laughs> There's another one that's, uh, that's sort of, you know, a little more mainstream or whatever, not quite as like jammy. But there's um, one with a very clever title. It has to be a live album, but it's called Live Dead, which I think is very clever. Yeah. So I listened to some of that and then I, I was like, you know, I need to just dive in to what the dead is really all about. So I listened to, a 30 minute version of dark star, which yeah. is their big, you know, live jam. Which you I know. believe is off empire of the sun. The, the, yeah, the big one of many, but one. Uh, mm-hmm. it was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to really dive in there. And I'll tell you what, dude, in my headspace, I really enjoyed it for a while. It was very groovy and I got it, but I had to turn it off after like halfway, like 15 minutes in. Mm-hmm. I stopped it. No, you know why? You know, I've, I, why? Well, here's what I figured out. And see if you agree. I don't know. I'm a rock and roll guy. Totally. I am used. I don't mind jamming, but it's something has to build to a musical resolution. Yes. Yes. And I felt like it never built to a musical resolution. It it would build and build, and then I'm used to the resolution happening, and then it would just start over with something kind of new, mm-hmm. and it just kept doing mm-hmm. that over and over. And I was like, I need that resolution. I think that's why of the the bands that maybe get lumped in with this jam band category, Pink Floyd to me is the one that really does it because 
they have these big long interludes or big long intros and these stretches, but it always builds to uh, some like new idea. Yeah. Then like it or or it goes back. It, it, it like, resolves Dark's, itself. Yeah, it resolves itself. Or like yeah, exactly. Like like shine on you, crazy diamond, for example. I know that Dark Star does do that. It has a main theme that it kind of repeats, really? <laughs> but it takes a real long time for them to get there. And I know that they, you know, have very very long extended versions of that. I've I've never gotten to them myself, but uh, I, I I keep wanting to try Empire of the Sun. I know I keep saying that, but yeah. that's the one like bands like Animal Collective and you know bands that I really respect uh, reference that that record a lot. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think I want to check listen, it out. man, I I love the Almond Brothers band a lot, and they are jammy as fuck. But they, I feel like, bring it around to a place. There's more structure. It makes sense to me. And you know, it's a shame. I tried it. It it, it uh, I, I did like what I was hearing though. Like, it's not like I was like, ooh, I don't like the sound of these notes. Like, it was super fucking groovy and like kind of jazzy and very mm-hmm. mellow and cool. Mm-hmm. And I was digging it for a while, and then it just—I was like, "Man, I need, I need the the music to resolve itself." I'm used to things building to a place. Chuck, I, I feel like I've mentioned them on the show before, but have you listened much to the band King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Uh, no, and <laughs> I know, it's, I know, I need to. I hate the name so much; it is really hard for me to get over. It's, I know it's, that's it's, a dumb reason to not listen. It's not a dumb reason. It's the reason I didn't listen forever. And I maybe have told the story already, but like a friend of mine was in town, had an extra ticket, and like I was, he's like, "You heard of this band?" I was like, "Yeah, I've heard of him, but that sounds ridiculous. I, I don't want to go anywhere near him." And it's the kind of band that's so good, you give them a pass on the dumb name, and all, also the the dumb name even starts to be, feel a little charming Ew, because they're all really? they're all yeah because they're just <laughs> they're these like Australian kind of like they're very young they're like in their like you know mid 20s and they literally made like seven records in 2018 or 2017 and they make them all themselves they were that makes them me themselves. hate them why is that Noel? what the fact that they're prolific and talented <laughs> and young <laughs> seven records in a year seems a little much to me but they're good they're good and they're each very different and they produce them themselves and record them themselves and they like own all their own means of production and like they have their own little label and you know and they've year over year gotten more and more popular but uh, i mean i'll they, try it i'll send you a couple wrecks okay <laughs> I, I i think uh you, they're a band that you have they have so much stuff out there so you got to know where to start uh if you start in the wrong place it might be a turnoff they have this one record that's genuinely like an 80s Metallica thrash album and it's like just spot on but still very much them so I don't know uh big fan now is this the kind of thing though where in uh, I mean are they going to keep doing this in eight years are you going to be like yeah the King Gizzard has you know 67 albums it's awesome now to be fair they only made six albums that one year okay that's what it's, I was it's asking not, it's not like this is a the thing they do I mean, they, they do make a lot of records but I think this year they've made three <laughs> No, last year. Excuse me. Last year they made. Last year they made three. Uh-huh. This year already they've come out with two. <laughs> this is. I'm very skeptical, Noel. I got to give it a well, try. I think you should. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make you a playlist, Chuck. I'll make you a mixtape. Uh, I'm also skeptical of bands that are like, here's our metal album and here's a bluegrass album. Like, is it like that, Chuck? This is me. <laughs> I this know. Is me, I trust this is you, me Noel. talking. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You're no Ethan. I Yavin. don't. I don't. I don't fawn. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I really don't. But these guys are fawn worthy, in, in my opinion. All right. I trust you, Noel. I'm, I'm a skeptical grump today. 
It's also less about their albums than it is about their live show. I, I don't really listen to their albums a lot, mm -hmm. but live, they're one of the most spectacularly uh, just like uh, dynamic. And they just like, it's like you're watching magicians or something like they just have that like it's like their sparks coming off of them they're like you're seeing people in their purest form mm -hmm. doing the thing that they were meant to do and, and it's something very special about seeing them live all right uh and by the way uh looping back to the dead and the fish who i have heard a little bit of by the way uh, i think i've said this before though my other issue with these bands is i am very much into singing and vocalists and none of those groups have good singers that they, they all are adequate and you know, and can do okay, but widespread panic. I mean, if we're being honest, none of them have like what right. you would consider like great vocalists. Yeah, and Fish for me has just always been too jokey. I just don't like it. They're, they're it's like they're too too silly, tongue in cheek, or, or like you know, like, we're and not in a so ween way, clever, not in a ween <laughs> way at all. Uh, even though they are largely, I, mean, I know you know this, largely responsible for why Ween uh, became so big in the hippie set, you know, yeah. in, the, in the jam band set. I always thought Ween was so weird and edgy and strange. Yes. And then all of a sudden when I went and saw them live, I'm like, what are all these wooks doing here? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> what's a wook? What's going on? Uh, well, a wook is, is they call uh, hippie type crunchy folks uh, yeah. wookies or wooks. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I wouldn't have known that term at the time. Is it because they smell like wookies? Uh, I don't know why they call him that, Chuck. I don't question it. It just seems to apply. It just seems oh. to make sense. And again, with Allman Brothers, they had a great vocalist, Greg Allman, one of the great uh, blues singers in rock history. Big time. So big time. That's where I stand, Noel. Mm -hmm. I'm with you, dude. We're we're not we're not that far out of each other's garages. <laughs> Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. 
Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Uh, I am going to give the fish a try, though, because Ethan finally did comment. The, 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 fish. the fish. I'm going to try, try the fish. And uh, <laughs> I'll, take the, I'll take the fish. I'll have the fish, please. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with one of his recommendations. But I'm always a little leery when people are like, oh, man, it's, studio albums aren't so good, but you got to see them live. I'm like, if you're a good band, you should be able to make a good album. No, no, I agree. Yeah. Uh, people, people say uh, Billy, I saw a friend of mine who's a metal guy or like kind of more of like a, he does all kinds of stuff. He's got this project called Dream Tent that um, is very like Tears for Fears, kind of like gothy new wave. It's really good. I think you dig it. But he used to be in like more hardcore punky type bands. And yeah. He was literally the quintessential Athens hipster sound guy who like, you know, looks at you pissy when you ask for more guitar in the mind. I'm kidding. He's, he was the best. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That guy. Uh-huh. Um, and he recently posted about how he listened to the album Billy Breathes by Fish. Right. And, and unironically really liked it. Yeah. Uh, and this is a dude that is the grumpiest of curmudgeonly type music snobs. Uh, so I was very surprised to see that and it made me kind of want to check it out. Cause I'm like, wow, what is, what is Gene seeing this? That was one of the records that a lot of people recommended as a good entry point, by the way. Yeah. Billy Breathes. Billy Breathes. Uh, and Noel, before we get going uh, on the actual movie content, mm-hmm. I do want to commend you. I was re-listening to an episode from a couple of weeks ago with you and me, and you made a really funny joke that went right over my head that I must commend you on. <laughs> okay. It's when you were talking about uh, your um, ex-wife's young daughter. Yeah. Talks about spoopy. Uh-huh. Instead of spooky. Yeah. And then you were saying, and I just didn't get it at the time, you were talking about uh, uh, Atticus Ross, I think, and, and uh, Trent Reznor and their yeah. scores. Instead of saying spooky scores, you said spoopy spores. <laughs> okay, it's good wordplay. Fucking great, and I just oh. it, it went by me, and then I heard it in the car and was just like legit laughing out loud. Oh, good! Oh, like, that man, makes me feel good, Chuck. How did I miss spoopy spores? Spoopy spores is fun to say, isn't it? it very should, much I, is. I feel like that should be a band name. It should be like you know, Spenny Spinkleton and the Spoopy Spores. You know, now see, you're going King Gizzard. Just less is more. No, less is more. <laughs> All right, Spoopy Chuck, spores. Spoopy spores. All right, so we're going to move on uh, to the Crushers page because uh, old pal Joshua Fish, not fish with a P, uh, P-H. No. God forbid. He's, he's the real deal. He's a real fish. Uh, he says this, and a little twist on an unpopular opinion. What movie do you really want to like but don't? And he said, mine was What About Bob? I love Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. My family thinks it's hilarious, but it just doesn't land for me. I think we all have those movies that, by all accounts, we should love that we don't. Yep. I, I, I've made mine very clear. It's just the one that comes to mind immediately. And, and uh, 
It's uh, La La Land. I, I, I was. I, it had right. all the right things for me going in. All the right. I things. love musicals. I love Los Angeles. I love that cast. I love the idea of it. I love some of the songs, but as a whole, yeah, it did not hold together for me. It had some good sequences, but I, I, I I'd love to give another chance. But I remember being really kind of uh, just. I was I was surprised at how little it connected with me. Yeah. And I really wanted it to. And I'm I really disappointed, it. right? Mm-hmm. Very disappointed yeah. because I was like, God, this looks so cool—a magical LA musical romp, you know, with like flying around and dancing and Busby Berkeley kind of choreography. Everything about it like hit for me, but I just I just didn't do it for didn't me. Didn't do it. All right, Noel, we're gonna start out with uh, old pal Caroline Gaston says I wanted to like Pixar's Soul. Still haven't seen that, by the way. Um, oh, it's so good. A lot more than I did. I was expecting to have some sort of earth-shaking existential crisis at the end. Well, people overhyped those movies, and people talked about that one as though that was going to happen. That one hit for me because it is about like it's about following your dreams and maybe letting them go. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> it's it's kind of it's a big deal. Uh, it's very human, real stuff, especially with like what's going on in the world right now. And, and it's also about like you know a musician. Like, uh, do I choose music as a passion career? Like, you know, I'm going to be a professional musician, or do I choose the job that pays the bills? Right. And maybe it isn't the thing that I thought I was destined for, but maybe really is the thing that I was destined for. And then, and then they're like, uh, and I'm not even that good of a singer. And someone said, we'll just be in a jam band. <laughs> exactly, Chuck. <laughs> What's a movie like this for you? I'm trying to think, man. Uh, nothing is coming to mind. I'll see if one of these. Um, Jar something? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I really can't think of anything. Um, Shannon Pennell Carter, though, says, Lord of the Rings, any of them. Duck and cover. Like, she's afraid that people are going to come after her. And, uh, you know. Oh, it's a thing. I'm on record as being like not loving yeah. them. So right there, you go. Yeah, it's it's a thing. I was actually on the Daily Zeitgeist yesterday as a guest, and that's what they I heard. Do How'd a, that go? They, it was great. Um, they they do a thing though where you have to talk, bring in something you think is overrated and something you think is underrated. And I had a hard time coming up with something overrated because I didn't want to like you know what is it yuck anyone's yum? Yeah, like you guys well, say. La La Land. Well, that's sure, but I didn't think of yeah. that until now. But my friend. Uh, I, who's a real professional curmudgeon, recommended James Cameron. And I realized I absolutely feel like James Cameron is overrated. So we had a discussion around that. I agree. Uh, David Huckabee, our old pal, says, The Matrix. Tried it three times and it still bores me. All right. Not for everyone. Uh, Rochelle Bracey says, The Big Lebowski. I don't know. At the time, it just wasn't able to hold my interest. At the time, that's a movie that changes with age. Let me tell you. Yeah? Like, I think you can come back to that movie... Uh, a little later in life, maybe you've lived a little more and, and seen some shit, oh. and then and then you go back <laughs> and that one because I'm telling you, I didn't get it when I first saw it. I was too young. I did not get it. Yeah. I'm not presuming to know the age of this person or their okay. experience, but I swear that movie really aged well for me personally. And now it's like, you know, it's canon uh, for me. All right, Brent A. Price, one of our old friends, says, "Big Trouble in Little China." My friends won't let me off the hook for this one. Hmm. I know you love that one, Chuck, and I still have yet to see it. I, I mean, I love it, but it's certainly a movie that I get it not being everyone's cup of tea, you know. But, you know, if Brent is playing by the rules here, then uh, he he should like it, you know. Kurt Russell, sorry about that, and, uh, and the gang. Kitschy, 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Wilder says, it's not that I don't like it, but can't figure out why every time I try to watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I fall asleep. 
That's an interesting movie to fall asleep to. Yeah, it's real kinetic. Yeah. Like kind of like, you know, uh, what's the word? Like sensory overload. Totally. You know? Yeah. Interesting. All right. That's another one that got a lot of big hype, though, but I I personally felt like it lived up to it, if not exceeded it a little bit. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, This is a good one here. James Taggart says The Godfather. Uh, Didn't see it until later in life and was already accustomed to more modern mafia movies like Casino and Goodfellas. Maybe I'm missing something, but I barely made it through the whole movie. I'm sorry, Internet. Yeah, I mean, The Godfather is a bit of a slower burn. Not actually. I I rewatched it very, very recently, and I just thought it, it. Utterly held up. It, it, it's, it feels real. It feels like you're watching real life. Yeah. I mean, and real I life love it. Is, is, is long takes. <laughs> That's what real life is, you know? Oh, interesting hot take here. Absalom Bittner. I don't believe we met you, Absalom. Great Welcome. name. Good Great lord. Name. Uh, he says, Denis Villeneuve movies in general, but Arrival specifically, the twist was really obvious and ham-fisted to me. All movies are manipulative, but I could feel the manipulation in a way that made me not enjoy it. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah. I get it. Totally with that one, for sure. Uh, I do think that saying his movies in general, they're so varied. I don't think he even has, like, one thing that he does. So it's interesting to throw them all in, like, a bucket like that. But. Uh, Joel Cron says everything by Mel Brooks. Okay. Uh, there's an interesting thread here about uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women here and in another post. This is from Sarah mm. Irons. And I think Sarah actually instigated a post, or not instigated, but posted a post on the Crusher's page about Little Women and how much she wanted to love it. And uh, quite a few people agreed. I mean, have you seen the new one? I I really, really want to. Um, I, it seems right up my alley, but I have not yet. I enjoyed it, but it, it does a, uh, a time jump thing that is a little jarring, I will admit, especially if you don't know the material as well uh, like I did going into it. I did end up liking it, but I definitely see why people may have more love for the uh, Winona Ryder version. A little more true to the uh, source material, right? I think as far as just the linear quality of the story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was, you know, I read a lot about the Greta Gerwig one and, and, and uh, seems like people either loved or hated whatever stylistic choice she made yeah. that, that was different. But, you know, aside from that, it's wonderful acting, beautiful costuming. Uh, like everything about it was really top notch. And Emily and I saw it in the theater and uh, we don't get to a lot of movies together. It was a movie night date and that can influence you. Like we had a drink beforehand. We had a really good experience with it, you know? Totally. Uh, the Gooch, David Gooch says, I really want to like Blade Runner, but just couldn't get into any version of it. Some of these you're making so that, the sound you're making. I love this sound. It's almost like you're a soprano hitting a high note, but kind of faltering. Oh boy, um, I'm a castrato. With some yeah, of these. yeah. Uh, I can understand that. I mean, to me, uh, the original Blade Runner is kind of boring. It's just so stylistically important and beautiful. I found the second one, the the Villeneuve one, to be more engaging in terms of story, uh, and it really expanded that world. So I. I I've said it before. I think the second one is a, is a better movie. The first one is just so important for so many things that came after it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I like them both. I haven't seen the. I only saw that second one once. I need to see that again. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the theater, but it it, it blew here. me away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie V. McQuaid, one of our oldest friends, says Citizen Kane. I love a lot of old movies, but yeah, no, thought it was dumb, and I just hated that character. Fair well, enough. he's a she. He's 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 to be hated. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the point? Uh, Karen Petrick does not like Groundhog Day and likes loves all things Bill Murray ordinarily. 
Yeah, I didn't love Groundhog Day. I watched it with the family uh, recently, and I thought it was cute. Um, but he's such an asshole, and he yeah. really is like gaslighting the shit out of her. It doesn't know? age well in some no. instances. No. He's a little it's aggressive. Not. It's like, dude, yeah. she's not interested. Back off. Mm -hmm. uh, it's okay. I mean, I like I like Groundhog Day a lot, but is it's not like one of my favorite all time movies, like it is mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Yep, yep, yep. I did like What About Bob though. What about Bob? I have, I like, I have, I saw that in the theater when yeah, I was when a you're child. Little, yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Yeah. Uh, Josh uh, Taco, oh, not Taco, Toco, T O C C O, says uh, super, yeah, ta Taco. Could go either way. <laughs> uh, super bad. Not the biggest fan of that riff comedy and Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen uh, that they made so popular. I think it has some funny moments, like most of the actors, but it just never landed like it did for literally everyone else that saw it. Riff comedy. I've never heard that before. Is it just like snappy, kind of like I'm clever dialogue kind of thing? Or I guess like or smart alecky, smart alecky kind maybe. of maybe. Or it seems like they're improving and just sort of riffing on stuff. Who knows? Maybe. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Gail, Gail Coons, our old pal, the danger of, and says, uh, The Lighthouse. I hate that movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a pleasant movie, yeah, but it's, uh, I, it's I get it for well sure. executed, you know. I mean, we both love that movie, but if yeah. there ever is a movie that you get that people can't sit through, it's The Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. or Mandy is another one. The people that love it, love it. I know you were a little on the fence or in the middle, but people that love it, really love it. And then there are people who I know who have great taste in music who just fucking hate that movie. Yeah, and there's, uh, what's his name? Yorgos. Lanthimos. Uh, Lanthimos. Like a lot of people have a hard time with the lobster and killing totally. the sacred deer. Yep. And I get it. I loved him, but I get it. Well, he has this like unease about his work that is just like ew. you're always kind of on the edge of your seat, but not in like a suspensey way, more in like a I'm about to crawl out of my skin kind of way, you know? Yeah. Um, Karen, oh boy, no, this is a hot take. Uh, Karen Dromboski says, Mad Max Fury Road. I thought it was so boring, I couldn't even tell you the plot. Well, that's okay. I'm not going to say anyone's opinion is wrong, but. I just boring. That's so, a, a that weird descriptor so, for that movie. So so yeah. adrenalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Not for Karen though. That's fine. You know, and you know, uh, Karen had uh, Petra. Caitlin said same. So you know, some people agree. Some people give hearts. Some people They're... give gasping emoji faces. Right. There was a thread on the Crushers page about people who were meh about uh, in and of itself, which you and I both thought was yeah. like life changingly wonderful. Yeah. So it just goes, you know, is uh, everything's not for everybody. Yeah, here's my take on that, and that's not to say that people can't not like it, even if they do invest. But it's one of those that you really have to. I mean, they even say at the beginning, like turn off your phone. And I made the comment on the page. I was like, if you're second screening or cooking dinner and trying to watch this thing, it's going to be lost on you. Like you, totally. you really have to block everything out and really kind of give some thoughtful attention to. Yeah. Uh, and if you do that and you still don't like it, fine, but you're certainly not going to like it if you're like yeah, half casually watching. Yeah. It it's something. just not something yeah, you yeah, can yeah, half yeah. casually watch and get all the depth. No, you got to really do the buy-in, you know, at least let, you know, treat it like it's intended, treat it like you're in that theater and then you, and you, and you're a captive audience and you really, you know, need to just sit there, and it's not that long. And 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 I actually found that it just it felt even shorter than it actually was. You know, because it just 
moves for me. But yeah, I give it another shot. Uh, I think if you found that you were casually watching it or watching while doing other things, it's not going to make sense because so many things connect yeah. over time, you know? And you, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to hear Schneid's hot take? We I'd were, love to. We were texting about it because he kind of dropped an NPR interview into my text with, uh, with Derek. Uh, and I was like, well, did you watch it? And he said, I did. I was like, this is like, when someone doesn't text you back after you recommend something, say, oh man, I loved it. I was mm-hmm. like, so Schneids has got an issue. And he said, there's a lot I liked about it. The bit where he goes through the uh, audience at the end, that was great. I really liked the narrative with his mom, but his sad guy, shoegazer, I'm not performing performance style was weird for me. And by weird, I mean, I didn't like it. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was like, dude, I love you. I said, that's so funny. And he said, but hey, I applaud anyone who writes a show and performs it. Discipline is more important than talent. And boy, that is a great piece of advice from a professional working actor. Like, if you don't have discipline, you can have all the talent in the world. You're not going to go anywhere. Absolutely. No. And and you just have to keep doing it. Like, I mean, luckily we're in a situation with, you know, podcasting, whatever, whatever you think that requires talent or whatever it requires, where we do it every single week without fail. Yes. We are going to get better at it. We have gotten better at it over time. Listen to those old stuff you should know. (laughs) Dude, it's because we do it every single week, twice, three times, four times, five times a week. That's right. And it just happens to be built into our life and our schedule and our delivery thing because of our jobs. But yeah, I look back years ago and listen to my stuff and I just didn't have the same level of confidence or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's because of what you're saying, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, you're, you weren't uh, making, you weren't dropping jokes like spoopy spores five years ago. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a even newer development. Uh, <laughs> spoopy spores is a whole other ballgame. I texted uh, Riff Schneider. Comedy. He's, he's, I told you me and Schneider sort of had a little text friendly text exchange about music and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I texted him. I was going to send him some tracks I was working on that were kind of in the vein of the stuff he was recommending. And he goes, yeah, man, I'd love to hear some. I've got a few auditions that i am got to knock out, and then uh, I'd love to hear it. And um, I, I said, break a leg. And I also mentioned that I had no idea he was in this uh, show that I really love but didn't finish called Tales from the Loop uh, on uh, Amazon. It's like a oh, sci-fi yeah, kind I've of heard about dystopian that. thing with Jonathan Price. He was in that? Um, He's in like a later episode. It's a it's a mini series anthology where each episode is kind of its own thing. And I just didn't get to his, and I realized he was in it. And I told him, and I was like, "Oh, and I I, I just realized you were in the show that I love, but I didn't get to your episode. I'm going to try to get to it uh, immediately, get back into it." And, and he just was like, "Yeah, cool, man. Thanks." Yeah, I, I heard that show was great. I needed uh, it's nice meant to check that out. It's nice. It's it's the kind of dystopian sci-fi future thing that isn't like mean spirited in the way that uh, Black Mirror is. It's a little kinder and gentler. There's definitely weird things happening beneath the surface and kind of sinister stuff at play, but it's a lot less like, oh, God, I want to kill myself. You know? Yeah, I hear you. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. All right, we're going to kind of just buzz through some of these here to finish up this thread. Uh, old friend Jenna Van Valen says, Midsummer, uh, pretty visually. All right. She said it was like an influ- influencer's Insta feed, but mostly I hated everyone in the film. Thought it was long and boring. Uh, Dave Taylor says, The Godfather. Uh, Joseph Bell says, The Original Dune. Uh, Sarah Stanislav says, Casablanca. Interesting. Still haven't seen it. Uh, and Sarah also says, I love anything old and or World War II adjacent. So, uh, interesting. Another vote for Citizen Kane from Shane Hill. Uh, Grant Woody says, Gone Girl. It's my least favorite Fincher film, but I really wanted to like it. Affleck's performance didn't go over well for me. I like Gone Girl. I liked it too. I liked it quite a bit. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I th- yeah, no, th- th- I think it was, it was a combination of the source material and the directing. Oh, the score is so good too. Like the, the, uh, was it the spoopy? Resner. It was spoopy as spuck. <laughs> Uh, I read that book too, actually. Gone Girl. It was good. What's All right, it like no. reading a book, Chuck? What's it like reading a book? When <laughs> I'm uh, about to start uh, the Sammy Hagar book. Oh, which, nice. You know, I'm buddies with, uh, online buddies with Sammy Hagar's son, Aaron. Oh, yeah, you told me that. And so we text and stuff, and uh, I, I had his dad's book delivered, and he was like, you're going to love it. And he said, it's a pretty fun read. And you read the uh, Eddie Van Halen biography prior to that just recently, didn't you? Well, there is no Eddie Van Halen biography that I know of. This is, uh, it was a book called Van Halen Rising. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And it covered Van Halen from their, you know, pre-Van Halen days up through their first album in great, great detail. It was really pretty intense. Did they still have backyard parties in Pasadena 
when they were, you know, playing in the early days of Van Halen with like 3,000 people at these mansions that the cops crazy. would shut down. Like full-on concerts with pyro and spotlights and shit. Ah, Isn't can't that crazy? They burn down the whole neighborhood. Like they were a well-honed band by playing these parties before they even started to play these dive bars. Yeah. Really amazing. Um, I think we this was an offline conversation, but Sunset Sound, that 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 uh, really storied recording mm-hmm. studio in Los Angeles, oh, yeah. they uh, have a really good Instagram account where they're always posting like archival pictures. It's been around since like the I think the fifties. Yeah, I need to follow right, that. At, the, at the very least, the the early sixties. So like you know, Frank Zappa, Hot Rats was made there. A lot of the early Van Halen stuff was made there. And it's like they're in the control room, like smoking cigs. You know, it's like stuff that like would make an engineer clutch their pearls today. But really cool um, slice of the past in, in in that Instagram feed. Highly recommend if you're into Sunset Sound Records. Sunset Sound Records. Yes, sir. All right, following right now, Noel. It better be good. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, let's finish up with a little stream this. We watch Spirited Away. That was our second uh, studio. Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? Ghibli is what I've heard uh, Americans say. Okay, so that was our first, second venture uh, into that with our daughter. And I got to say, it was a little more intense than I thought it mm-hmm. would be. Yes. Uh, some of it was sort of nightmare fuelish. Yes, <laughs> uh, but she's cool, man. She can handle shit. Um, I, I I did mention that, didn't I? That it was a little. I think more so, like, but yeah, okay. you know, we dove in, and she 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 was fine with it. Um, she's always been good with with content. I think I've said this before about mm, yeah, not getting yeah. super scared or freaked out or knowing that it's fake or real. Like I've always explained to her that like people make these movies, and that's all it is. And uh, it was it was good, man. I mean, ultimately, I liked uh, Totoro better as far as just you know, a sweet, fun family movie to watch. But um, I certainly love Spirited Away. It was it's complex, crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's very through the looking glass, right? It's very like... Very druggy. Uh, very druggy, <laughs> like the way that Baba Yaga witch morphs in her fate. Like, I mean... Oh, man. Like, and uh, the stink uh, spirit and that whole... Yep. It was, I mean, there's a lot going on thematically. No and yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's great, man. It's... Uh, uh, special stuff, man. And um, I would, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff in that catalog. Yeah, Ponyo is next for us. Ponyo is is Ponyo. is not that. Ponyo is my kid. Like loved Ponyo when yeah. she was like six. I mean, really, really, truly loved it. So yeah, yeah. I can't uh, wait. I, uh, mm-hmm. And I bought Ruby a uh, a Totoro lovey, um, who she now just like sleeps with and cuddles with. It's very Aww, cute. Oh, that's. Are you familiar? Are you aware of these things that the kids are into these days called squishmallows? Nope. They're basically stuffed animals that are stuffed with like memory foam. So they kind of squish and then expand slowly. Okay. And it is it is all the rage. They sell them at like CVS and Walgreens and places like that. Uh-huh. And they're like, they're becoming a commodity like Beanie Babies where the kids are like oh. buying up all the limited edition ones and then like reselling them on eBay. Yeah. And you got to run and get them before they get all <laughs> bought up. So Eden is obsessed with them. And they're really, you can put them on the couch and use them as a pillow. They're so comfortable. What so are they actually Squish mellows, like a marshmallow, but squish. Squish mellows. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at those. Mm-hmm. Very they interesting. Come in all all shapes and sizes and creature types and yeah, very very Japanese uh kawaii influence for sure. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh so the other thing we've been watching <laughs> is uh and I posted about this today, Bluey. Have you ever seen Bluey? I don't know Bluey. Bluey's a kid show, but if you 
the post I made today was like, you don't need kids to watch Bluey. Like, please understand that, people. It is Australian. It is a cartoon. They are seven minutes long. It's about a family of dogs, a mom and a dad, and yeah. two little girls named Bingo and Bluey. And uh, it is profound and sweet and hysterical and clever. And uh, I just can't speak highly enough of Bluey. It is really, really great. And it is a, Emily and I watch one every night before we go to bed. And Ruby's already watched them all. So we watch them on our own. Um, it's just great. What's the target audience? Like little kids? Like, yeah, or... I mean, five, six-year-olds. <laughs> Got it. Oh, that's interesting. I'm but just, I mean, surprised. so many of the jokes are aimed at adults. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's clearly a, a very clever show. I oh, it looks it. cool. I, I'm, 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 like Eden's uh, baby sister, you know, is, is that, well, she's a little younger maybe, but like it looks something How old like is she? She's three. She'd like Bluey. Yeah, all right. And, you know, um, some of the jokes she wouldn't get, but it's very, very cute. The visual style is very cute. I mean, I like awesome. uh, I like it already. Yeah, it's cool. I love it. You would like it, Noel. It is right. a very profound on show. It. Like every episode almost. And, you know, I read some back uh, background articles about the guy who made it and uh, another one about how Bluey's dad, uh, Bandit, um, is a really great TV model for a father. And you don't see a lot of those. Usually... I love Homer Simpson, but you know, that's sort of the model in cartoon land is the father, the father is a bumbling idiot and can't do anything right, whether it's family guy or the Simpsons or whatever. And in this case, bandit is like a good dad and they're like great lessons and parenting lessons to be learned too. But again, totally. don't have to have kids. It's really wonderful. Nah, you gotta have kids first. You can't watch. You gotta go get the <laughs> pregnant immediately so that you can watch bluey guilt free. Uh, what have you been watching, Noel? I finally got around to watching the new Miranda July movie, Kajillionaire. Have you seen this? I have not seen that yet. I do love her, though. I love her, too. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the first one of her films that she herself has not been in. Oh, okay. Um, uh, me and You and Everyone We Know was like a really formative movie for me. Loved it. Um, another really great L.A. movie. All her movies are very L.A. Um, this one, it's got uh, Rachel Evan... Ra Rachel Evan Wood, is that her uh, name? Evan Rachel Wood, yes. Evan Rachel Wood, yeah, excuse me. Um, and she obviously is a very beautiful woman um, and uh, plays the like most awkward, uh, just kind of gangly, very just like socially bizarre character in this movie. Um, and it's just wonderful. Her performance is incredible. Uh, Deborah Winger, I didn't even recognize uh, as, oh, as, as, as her mother. So it's Deborah Winger and, um, oh, the guy who played the father in Six Feet Under, who's a great character actor whose name yeah. is uh, uh, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. And they are basically, this is not a spoiler, just a basic setup. They are just these lifelong grifters who have raised their daughter to be their, like, assistant and 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 they've done it in a very specific way so that she's just like so socially stunted but like everything she does is just about these different grifts these very elaborate grifts wow um, i love a good they, grifter, they, they live in a rented room that's attached to a car wash that the wall leaks pink sudsy foam at a certain time <laughs> every day and they have to like scoop it up with buckets oh, that's and funny. uh it, it's just it's very miranda july it's very whimsical it has a really beautiful, sweet ending. Um, I can't recommend it enough. It's the kind of movie too you got to sit with, and it sort of like weeds its way back into your thoughts, where you sort of learn things about it after, like when you've thought on it a little bit. Highly recommend. 
I am How about gonna, you? Uh, I'm going to watch that uh, next week. It's a rental. It, 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 it was one that was originally like released for like full movie price. Yeah. Now it's down to just Amazon rental price. I think yep. it was like four I'm all bucks. over this, dude. Yeah. Thanks for the wreck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emily, we, we both like Miranda July. So yeah. this one you guys will us. love this movie together. It's very good. Wonderful. All right, dude. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, we are going to morph ourselves into next week in just a minute. That was the sound of us morphing into next week. And thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you. Movie Crash is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown. Edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Ponce Market, Atlanta, Georgia for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.